How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode six. And so with this episode, I'm going to go over uh, some NBA action. Um, I don't know if you watched the game like I did, but tonight was an incredible night of basketball. I mean, game one between Celtics and the Heat, which I talked about in the last episode, went down to the wire that Bam out of bio block, I gotta say it's probably the best block I'd seen, maybe in my lifetime. I'm just throwing it out there. Might be, I might be caught up in you know, in the moment. But yeah, Eastern Conference Finals game on the line for him to step up and block Tatum's dunk attempt. Yeah, but. What I I just want to get that out of the way first because my main focus on this episode is what happened in the second game tonight where the Nuggets pulled off a shocker came back from being down 3-1 against the Clippers which everybody has been saying all year best team in basketball title favorite all that nah they get eliminated tonight by the Nuggets. Won three games in a row. And they didn't just squeak by either. I mean, they blew out the Clippers tonight by 20. Nobody saw that coming for sure. And as I was sitting there watching the game, probably by within like the first five minutes of the fourth quarter I knew the Nuggets were going to take it uh, because the Clippers just I mean their body language was awful Uh, they were taking they actually were taking decent shots but they couldn't hit anything Uh, so as I was sitting there watching it first thought automatically was you know, when you have a team put together like this and everybody's expecting them to win the title and you don't even make the Western Conference Finals and also looking at Steve Ballmer who was actually in the bubble sitting in the stands and the look on his face, I'm guessing changes are coming. But in order to, I guess, look forward at what changes they can make you gotta kind of reflect and see who exactly do you blame for the collapse and 
with this Clippers team, there's a lot of blame to go around. The easiest thing to do would be to blame the coach, Doc Rivers. Hmm. I can put a little blame on Doc, but I'm not going to put too much. I might give Doc 5% of the blame, if that, to be honest. My main issue, it just seemed like the Clippers weren't into it this year. And if you have been following the NBA bubble, all the news coming out, you know that Lou Williams left the bubble. We all know that story. He went back to Atlanta where he's from, went down to Magic City, had to get him some wings. I mean, they named wings after him and all that. Yeah, but I don't know. To me, that kind of seems like a lack of focus or something. Because you're in the bubble. You're down there for one reason. You know, it's bad enough that you are away from your family. Although uh, their families do show up. So I guess for the semifinals, which is where... the Nuggets Clippers series was they were allowed like a visitor or something but the Clippers had made it to the conference finals they actually get family uh, to stay with them in the bowl because I did see that with the Celtics and Heat Uh, they showed Jason Tatum greeting his son who can now stay in the bubble with him so yeah but, but yeah, Lou Williams goes off, does that, comes back. He's forced to go into quarantine. Uh, Harold, well, Harold left, but I believe he took care of a family matter, so that's different. But Paul George has been inconsistent all playoff long, and he was just, he was awful tonight. I mean, he took a three from the corner he was wide open he hit the side of the backboard I don't know if I've ever seen Paul George do that Kawhi now here's the interesting interesting thing with Kawhi I believe Kawhi is only like 30 years old but he didn't look right I mean I know that there were some concerns back when he was in San Antonio with uh, his knees I believe and I don't know if that's an issue or not, but yeah, he just he just doesn't seem right. Because we know last year, the Raptors were very careful with him, which a lot of fans were upset about. But it worked last year because by the time it came down to like the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals, Kawhi was relatively rested and good to go. There were plenty of instances in this Nuggets series where, like, you were looking for Kawhi or Paul George to take over. They just couldn't do it. And defensively, once the Nuggets went down 3 1, each game after that, you could see Jokic and Murray getting more and more comfortable against against the Clippers team, even though the Clippers are supposed to be a great defensive team when you're. At least 
the reputation of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are that they're two of the top two-way players in the league, which I think we could put that to rest now. That's no, not a thing. Now, if we hear that, you know, Kawhi had an injury or something and maybe Paul George is dealing with something, then I can change my opinion. But as of right now, all the, you know, Kawhi being the best in the league talk, I think that's put to rest. I believe Paul George as a superstar, which is now the second time I've brought up uh, whether a player's superstar status is legit or not, because I mentioned that with Harden, and now Paul George, I think you definitely have to question it. Because he did not play like a superstar at all in these playoffs. Granted, once again, maybe the bubble atmosphere, maybe he was just one of those guys who couldn't perform there. Fine. But I think if you are a superstar, you'd have to be able to rise above that and still perform. I could see if Paul George couldn't, you know, buy a basket offensively, but he was a lockdown defender. I could give him that, but he wasn't either one. So, yeah, he, for me, drops out of that superstar category. Kawhi, I can keep him up there, but I don't know. Kawhi's just looking like a guy who, now being 30, I kind of wonder how much longer does Kawhi play? I'm not saying he's going to retire this year or anything, but is Kawhi a guy that maybe only plays till he's like 33, 34, if that? I don't know. That would be something to watch, though. But, but yeah, I can't see the Clippers coming back next year with this same group. Now, like I said, Ballmer definitely was disappointed. I understand that. He's an owner who, after the whole Donald Sterling thing, he's he came in. He has tried his hardest to change the culture there. Because one interesting stat I saw tonight was that the Clippers franchise hasn't been to a conference finals. Not even an NBA finals. Conference finals in 50 years which seems fascinating to me one because they're in LA but if you followed basketball you know the LA market is Lakers town the Clippers have always been a distant second place out there it was recently that the Clippers were somewhat building a little bit of momentum but this performance is probably going to knock that down a little bit at least depending on what they do in this offseason, which I guess will be a more condensed offseason. So that may push teams to be more aggressive earlier on in the process, which, you know, I'm, I'm not mad about that. But um, like I think that's probably enough on the Clippers. I don't want to give them, you know, too much. Uh, airtime I guess because I do want to look forward to Nuggets versus Lakers 
Uh, game one, I believe, will be Friday. I I think yes, I think Friday night will be game one. And I do have to say, with this bubble atmosphere, it's probably the most that that I that I have watched of this Nuggets team. And I gotta say, they are a fun team to watch. You know, I've said it plenty of times so far that I am a Celtics fan, but as a Western Conference team, the Nuggets are probably my favorite team to watch. And it's because they're a team that just looks like that they're playing for each other. You have Murray and Jokic that are two young players who, to bring up superstar talk again, I think Murray in these playoffs has done probably more for his status in the league than anybody to the point where I think you gotta start talking Murray as a top 15-20 player in the league right now at least from what he's shown me I, I can't see a reason not to put him up there and Jokic I mean, Jokic has put a stamp on being the best center in the league. I know Joel Embiid over in Philadelphia thinks it's him, but no, not even close. I would take Jokic any day over Embiid because Jokic gives you effort all the time. Embiid doesn't. Jokic is a smarter player than Embiid and by that I mean you know Jokic can shoot the three but he doesn't live out there and he kind of only takes them when it's necessary like Embiid will start feeling himself and he'll just start jacking up threes like (laughs) I don't even know why he shoots half of them but you know that's how he is Jokic kind of shoots them based on like a matchup which kind of leads into the Lakers because you assume it's going to be AD on Jokic and I think that poses different challenges for each team where you know the Lakers their perimeter defense is not the best But what keeps them in games a lot of the times is if their man beats them off the dribble, they can look back and have AD covering the rim for them. I don't know how much of that he can do in the next series because Jokic has no problem standing out in the perimeter and running the offense from out there. And then he shoots the three well enough that AD can't just you know, sag in the lane off of him and give it to him because if you do that, he'll kill you from out there. So if AD is forced to guard Jokic on ball, that now leaves uh, Murray and Craig, Tory Craig and um, what's his name? Like Monte Morris, Paul Millsap and Gary Harris. 
they now can, you know, dive to the hoop on back doors or if you get the ball in Murray's hand, he can take his guy off the dribble. If he gets to the hoop, he may not have a free lane to get to the rim. So it's a very interesting series because if you look on the other side, who do the Nuggets put on LeBron in AD? I mean, I think, well, depending on if the Lakers kind of stick with their smaller lineup of LeBron and AD as your forwards, and then they play like Rondo, KCP, and um, what's his name? And whoever in that fifth spot. Whether they go with a wing player or like Danny Green. That's what I was trying to think of. Danny Green. Or do they go with a more conventional lineup and bring in McGee or Howard to start at center? You move AD to the four, put LeBron at the three, and then go with your backcourt of Rondo and Green or KCP. If they go with a bigger lineup, you put, I guess, Jokic on AD. You could put like a guy like Millsap. Actually, you could put Millsap on AD, put Jokic on McGee or Howard. LeBron, I think they're just going to throw guys at LeBron, whether that's Millsap, Torrey Craig. Monte Morris, they're, they're just going to throw bodies at LeBron, which, you know, that's fine. I think if they... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. Where to put Jogic or Millsap on AD... If they can keep AD on the perimeter, that works for them. Because if AD's on the perimeter, he's not going to be down low to offensive rebound. So I think with that, kind of starts the chess match between Mike Malone of the Nuggets and Frank Vogel of the Lakers. But I guess another part about looking at this series is what do the Lakers do with Jamal Murray? Because Jamal Murray, he came up big tonight. And from the first series with Utah, he can get on a roll. He'll put up 
you know, 40, 45, even a couple of times, put up 50 points. And, you know, the Lakers have been running with playoff Rondo. But I think Murray presents a different challenge for Rondo. Where Murray, Murray's a bigger guy than Rondo. Murray has good ball handling skills. Murray can shoot from outside. He can get into the lane, pull up from mid-range. And on a guy like Rondo, he may even look to take him on the block a couple of times just to try to get some easy points at the rim. So my question with playoff Rondo has been, like I remember Rondo back when he was with the Celtics, great on-ball defender. Seems like each team he's been to since leaving Boston, that defense has gotten a little bit more suspect. And now it's kind of to the point where you can get around Rondo pretty easily. It's just that with Rondo's long arms, he can reach in and knock the ball away from you. I don't know if he can do that against Murray. Murray's too good of a ball handler. And if Rondo can't keep Murray away from the paint, I think the Lakers will be in trouble this series. And I guess the other way around, if the Nuggets can play defense the way that they did game six and seven against the Clippers, where like all five guys on the court basically looked like they were tied together with string. They're all flying around. They're matching up with guys because they do a lot of switching like most teams do. And the biggest key for the Nuggets would be keep AD off the offensive board and keep him away from the paint. You know, force AD to take fall away jumpers force him to fall in love with a three-point shot and I think the Nuggets will be fine. The I guess the the biggest X factor will be you look at Jokic and Murray versus AD and LeBron. Let's say the two of those duos cancel each other out. Whose supporting cast can outplay who? So for the Lakers, you're looking at KCP, uh, Markeith Morris, Rondo, Danny Green. Those are probably your major contributors with Alex Caruso, I guess, chipping in a little bit versus uh, Jeremy Grant. Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, Tory Craig, um, I believe it's Mason Plumley. There's like three Plumley brothers in the NBA right now, but I believe this one's Mason. So, just looking at those two groups right now, I would give the edge to the Nuggets. Yeah, I think the Nuggets group can 
be counted on more consistently than that Lakers group. Because there's been plenty of games this postseason where with that Lakers group, you don't know what you'll get from half of them on a nightly basis. Because there's been quite a few games where it's basically all on LeBron and AD's shoulders. And I think there's been a few games where those guys have had to score 55, 60 points just to put the Lakers in a position to win ball games. Not to say they can't do that in this series, but I think that that won't be enough on its own to get the Lakers over the hump. Like, they're going to need a third guy, or at least a third and a fourth guy to give them, I'd say, probably 20 points a game. I think that they'll be looking to probably Danny Green and Markeith Morris. You know, Danny Green could get them 10, 12 points a game. Markeith can get him another 10 a game. I think they'll be in a good position because then outside of that, you know, Rondo will get you. Rondo's going to be good for probably at least one triple-double in one of these games. You can probably count on that. But those going to be interesting. Like, does Vogel change up his rotation in any way to match the Nuggets who can... Oh, and with the Nuggets, I didn't even bring up Michael Porter Jr. He may be the biggest X-Factor because he's a guy who has, I'd say, guard-type skills in a large frame. I don't know if the Lakers have anybody coming off their bench or one of the supporting guys on the Lakers that can match Porter Jr. So if this becomes a series where, you know, Jokic can get you 25, Murray can get you 25, and Porter Jr. can also get you 20, Lakers may have a serious problem on their hands. And also looking at this playoffs, the Nuggets are about as battle-tested as any team in the bubble right now. Because they went, they were down 3-1 first round to Utah, came back, beat them in Game 7. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, they were just down 3-1 to the Clippers, managed to win three in a row, and blowed them out in Game 7. So... You know, based off of that, this Nuggets team is not going to be a team that, you know, if they lose game one, they might be mentally scarred or anything like that. Like, this team is going to be one that's going to expect if the Lakers go on a run, take an early 10-point lead, they'll feel like, oh, that's no problem. We can come back. That's easy. So, if the Lakers do end up with any type of lead in any game they're going to have to know that they're going to have to continue to execute in order to keep the Nuggets down and if the Lakers do manage to get a 3-1 series lead 
then the Nuggets would have already done it twice. So you know that they're not going to check out either. That's kind of the reason why I would say that the Nuggets are one of my favorite teams to watch. Like, I love watching Jokic and his uh, point guard skills at the center position, at the center position. And Murray has grown on me. Like, I didn't really think that much of Jamal Murray before this year. Mainly because I didn't watch a lot of Nuggets games. But, yeah, I I like his game a lot. So, I guess with that, um, you know, we, we have four teams left in the bubble. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sure if you ask the experts on, you know, ESPN or Fox Sports, I just wonder how, like, how, how seriously would they take the Nuggets as title contenders? Like, for me watching them, I would not be shocked if the Nuggets were to knock off the Lakers. And then depending who comes out of the East, I actually think that the Nuggets probably match up better with both teams than the Lakers do. Like, if you're a Laker fan... You might be rooting for the Heat to come out of the East. Oh, actually, I don't know. Both teams may... Yeah, I think both the Heat and the Celtics will give Lakers problems in the finals. Because one thing the Lakers do not do well is defend the three. The Heat and Celtics are both teams that will shoot the three ball. Now, the Nuggets, on the other hand, I think the Nuggets are kind of built more like the Heat and Celtics are than like the Clippers are if the Clippers had beat the Nuggets. So that may be an added element in this series to watch because Murray can shoot the three. Uh, Gary Harris will shoot the three. Porter Jr. can shoot from out there. Jokic can shoot from out there. So the Lakers, you know, don't turn up their defensive intensity and, you know, stick close to these shooters. It's, it could get ugly. I'm not expecting that because I feel like when, if you have LeBron in AD, that alone probably gets you to six games minimum. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't given the matchups like that much thought yet since the Nuggets did just win tonight. But I mean, as you know, I've given predictions on most series so far, so it's nothing new here. I think looking at it today, I might take the Nuggets in seven. I feel like there's just something about this team. Like, we may look, uh, I guess, next year when next season start, and look at the Nuggets team of this year like the Raptors team of last year. 
as like a team where everything kind of fell into place for them and they took advantage of it and turned it into a title. Because, I mean, how many teams that you know would get down 3-1 twice in the playoffs and find a way to come back from that? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't answer that for you. So, I mean, if you can pull that off, there's got to be something on your side. So, see, so yeah, I'm sticking Nuggets in seven. I'm expecting it to be seven games of, you know, very close games. Wouldn't be shocked if each game were within five to seven points. Yeah. I mean, the more that I've watched this Nuggets team, there's some element to them that just seems like they'll somehow piece it all together, get these young guys to play well enough to make it out of the West. Now, they beat the Lakers and get to the finals, depending on who wins between the Heat and the Celtics. Then I may change, you know, whether they can win it all. But for right now, I'd give the Nuggets as good of a shot as any of the other three teams to win it all. Which you can kind of say that for any team because you're in the Western Conference Finals. You made it to the Conference Finals. You have a shot at winning it, winning it all. Well, yeah, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. I mean, everybody's wanted, everybody wanted the Battle of L.A. in the Conference Finals, but... Yeah. This Nuggets team probably has snuck up on a lot of people, but people are definitely recognizing now that this is a very good team. So with that, uh, I think that kind of covers the matchup. And as I said, you know, you can write it down. I know I will. I'll keep track. I'm picking Nuggets in seven. So, with that, this is good enough places any to stop for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. As I say in each episode, drop a like, uh, drop a comment, follow, subscribe. You know, tell people you know about it. Uh, appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, definitely put your prediction in the comment section. Let me know who you think will win the series and how many games. And I guess looking forward, uh, probably do NFL coverage on the next episode. Because I said in the last episode, I do have to update all my picks. How well did I do this weekend? And then I'll also get you set up for week two, which is right around the corner with Thursday night football. So we'll look forward to the week two slate. I will pick more games. Also quick change on that. I decided that I'm still going to pick five games for my picks against the spread. But additionally, outside of the five, I'm also going to do the Patriots line 
as a Patriots fan. I feel like I should pick that game every week. And since I am down in Atlanta and I watch Falcons games because they're on all the time for the market, I will pick the Falcons game each week as well going forward. So depending on the slate of the other games, it may be only five games I pick every week, but I think some weeks may, it may be seven games or six games I end up taking. So so yeah, that's just a quick update on my picks going forward. So, like I said before, thanks for tuning in and uh, be safe and have a good one. All right, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 